Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before, and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the penthouse of a partially completed commercial high-rise in glamorous Hollywood adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of one of LA's leading cement factories, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully, making his Tully Show return. Although you may have forgotten about that. The oh, host no. Of course I remember. <laughs> Both the Comedy Bang Bang podcast and TV show, as well as the co-creator of the Funny or Die video series Between Two Ferns, uh, along with Zach Galifianakis, he has now made Between Two Ferns, the movie, streaming on Netflix beginning this Friday. Hello and welcome back. Scott Ocker. Thanks, Mike. Thanks so much for having me back. Yeah. I, I love sure. that intro of your show. He doesn't even get your last name, right? He just says, Mike. No, I think he was really pleasantly surprised that he was, I think it was serendipity that he even got 50% of the right. way there. So, um, um, thank yeah. you for having me. Of course I remember the last time. We talked about uh, me, right? I th- <laughs> at great length, actually, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah so was, what, else, what, what is there left to talk about? Well, I'll tell you why uh, I'm really happy to have you back is um, I was actually speaking about speaking to you on this show recently oh, really? because it's this thing that happens from time to time in my line of work where you have an opportunity to interview somebody and you're like, oh yeah, that guy, he's like a guy, he's a thing. I, I've heard him on stuff. And then you interview them and then subsequently you actually spend some time with their work. Oh. And you're like, I like that guy. <laughs> if only I had that spent man. time beforehand. I, and I did, and I did, but you right, can't, yeah, yeah. you know, you're not going to sit down and binge yeah, exactly, an entire yeah. series for a half hour interview, but. But no, I, have... I, I pride myself on doing interviews where I have no idea what the person does, or and I never ask a, a, an actual pertinent question. So there's a lot to be said for the Marin method, if right. it may be so. No, called. Marin is the Wikipedia method. I'm the I have no idea who you are, which is great um, because you can't assume everybody's read your Wikipedia. I know I will ask yeah. you things that Wikipedia knows. Oh, sure, but, but that's coincidental, of course. I would say at most seventy percent of the people listening to this have read your Wikipedia entry recently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've been watching the TV show Comedy Bang Bang. Oh it's, shit! Really? It's, it's on Netflix. Yeah, which is cool. I'm for guessing a, for a while. I, I heard rumors they might be moving, but uh, I don't oh, really? know. It's currently on Netflix. Yeah, because I have a really, really, really little child, and so oh, great. that's become my kids, kids love it too. Weirdly enough. She- uh, she doesn't seem to object to it, which is right. all I'm really looking for at 5:30 <laughs> well, in the bright morning. and colorful it and is. loud and it yeah. doesn't ask you to think too deeply. Yeah, exactly. It moves very quickly. It's like sort yeah. of kid attention span it's paced. A, you it's, know, it's a it's a really really good show, and I've Thank had you. Reggie Watts on here too, and I also didn't know who oh, the hell I was talking really? to when I was speaking to him. Okay, yeah, he was my band leader on the show. That's right, and yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm glad you have been watching it, and thank you. That's is so few people watched it. But I'm so proud of the show. It's like one of the things I'm most proud of in my life, and yet no one has seen it. <laughs> I mean, it's it, immediately obvious just how much work and care went into what you were what yeah. you were doing. Um, and I think it's cool. I don't know if you're seeing like a huge Netflix bump, but obviously you go from that thing that uh, I heard was cool that I'm meaning to check out to like, oh, there it is. Let me just click on it. Yeah, and actually. Uh, you've done something really wonderful for my life with this movie between two ferns. I never knew that Inside Hollywood Elites got a preview tab on Netflix. 
Did you get one of these? I don't know what that is. They gave me a thing to watch it, and they're like, oh, okay, just oh. go log in, and, you know, because you have, like, stuff you would like, stuff we know you won't like that we keep on insisting you try. Right. Anyway, I have a whole new line that just yeah. says, here's shit. The that PS- is not out yet. Here's shit the assholes can't see. I got plugged into that a few years back when I think I interviewed Maria Bamford on my show uh-huh. for her show, Lady Dynamite. Which is Dynamite. also great. Yeah, which is a great show, and I and I and they hooked me up with the Netflix PR person, and now- not only do I get that like coming up tab, but then I get uh, probably ten emails at seven a.m. every single day where, about whatever is coming out for Netflix. I'm on the PR list now, so I'm on so many PR lists. They're so good. Yeah, they're so good. Yeah, people are. Uh, there's so many terrific uh, projects that yeah. we just don't know about. It's it's <laughs> sure. awesome to be emailed repeatedly about each repeatedly and every, one of them. every day. <coughs> ten Netflix yeah. emails. I didn't even know that guy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer was still working. So yeah, that's which terrific. guy? <laughs> Who are we talking about? Is that uh, David? Bo- Boreanaz. Oh, of course there's a... You mean from Bones? Oh, my God. (laughs) You've got to check out Bones, bro. you got an old soul. Be one of the Bones bros. (laughs) That's obvious. So... Uh, let's do this again like we've never met since you don't even okay. recall us meeting the first time. Where did you come from? Are you a Largo guy? Sort Well, I did Largo, yeah. I, which is y- like a cool comedy theater here. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I was in the alternative comedy scene, which is probably what people associate with Largo. But right. yeah, I started uh, doing comedy in 95. Mm-hmm. Um, at the comedy store in the belly room, right. which is a, which is a, where the intro of the show happened. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Small so, world. was that one of your like sort of go tos that you would do all the time, or was that just like one show that you? Uh, I was doing shows there for a while. Yeah. They won't really have me back anymore. So, oh, okay. I'm working my way down the ladder of Hollywood comedy. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So you know how <laughs> tiny that room is. Sure. It's uh, and it was on Sunday nights, and uh, no one was there, but. But uh, I just a friend of mine recommended me. I'd never done comedy before, so I started doing it. And and it was a show that every week was like David Cross, Bob Odenkirk, Sarah Silverman, Janine Garofalo. Dang. Um, and I just tried it one night and just did really well, and and just kind of fell into comedy. So uh, yeah, I was in the alternative comedy scene for. Uh, quite a number of years in the mid-90s, which was like a fun time to do it because, you know, that's how I got to know Zach and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all these people who ended up being huge. So I didn't know that there was a backstory to Between Two Ferns. I just kind of assumed it always was intended to be a funnier die series. Yeah, we, I had a a TV pilot, uh, a sketch pilot that I was doing. And uh, we had a really great cast. It was Maria Bamford was in it, and uh, Casey Wilson, and James Adomian, Paul Rust, Ian Edwards, uh, Natasha Leggero. Like, it was all these great uh, stand-ups and, and sketch people. And um, But Zach, I, I wanted to do something with Zach on it, but Zach was too busy to be, like, a regular cast member. But he still said, okay, let's do a video. So I met with him and I was talking to him about, okay, what could the video be? Um, and he said, you know, I have this idea. I, I had a public access show back in the day, and I did too when I was in high school. And he said, I've always wanted to do a fake public access television show called Between Two Ferns. And that's all he had was the title. And the title made me laugh because having a public access show, um, when you're there, you, there's no set dressing. Like, you know, you just have a black curtain. Maybe occasionally they'll pull like a shiny curtain. Uh, if it's a dance number or something like that. Yeah. And then you have two chairs and they have two enormous plants next to you to fill up the frame to make it not look empty, you know? Right, because otherwise it looks like you're just looking at two people uh, with the void yes, behind it. Yes, exactly. But the ferns 
that that title made me laugh really hard and i think we just kind of like had common ground on that and we knew exactly what it would be of just you know bad public access editing and uh, you know the terrible chirons that are are you know from a computer program that's 15 years old and and so we we shot it uh with michael sarah and we just kind of improvised it in a basement and um then our editor dan strange put it together and it was really funny and the show never went forward so uh, but Funny or Die was this new website that some of our friends worked at. And we asked our friends, hey, could we put this up on Funny or Die? Um, and they said, well, I guess you can ha- you can have one day up on Funny or Die. It was like, we will, we'll give you one day on the main page. Uh-huh. And and wow. by the way, nothing was up at that point. No. It was the, it was the landlord that I'm was it. Kind of under the impression that you guys made funny or die. That's neither here nor there. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, there there are theories about that. Uh-huh. But, uh, what do they say? Uh, success has many parents, but failure is an orphan. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've had many orphans over the years. <laughs> um but yeah, so we put it up and suddenly millions and millions of people were watching it and and we thought that was going to be it because we did it. And then Jimmy Kimmel reached out to us and said, hey, do you want to do one of these for my show? And we said, why? We did it already. What do you mean? And he said, no, I think you could do another episode with me. (laughs) And Mm. we were like, oh, okay, sure. So we did one for Jimmy, and it was really funny, and we were like, okay, that's it. And then we had a friend, John Hamm, who suddenly got onto a show called Mad Men, and we were like, hey, John, we could do one with you if you want, if you need help, like, promoting your show, Mad Men. (laughs) Um, Oh, wow. And so we did one with John, and we're like, that's it. Right. It's because, so you say you've known him for a while, he must have been around the comedy world. It starts to seem like him being the Mad Men guy, although obviously he was perfectly suited to it, is not really where his um, artistic soul resides. He's a really funny, goofy guy who loves comedy. We, uh, I got to know him playing poker every week, so I play poker with him every week with people like Paul Rudd or David Wayne. Um, and oh, David uh, Wayne, sure, I love him. Yeah. yeah, and so we would play poker every week, and John was always like the goofy, funny guy who could never catch a break because he would get on these shows that would last like three episodes and be canceled all the time. And we were like, poor John, he's so great, but yeah. nothing will ever happen for him. So tall, so handsome, so talented. Yeah. A shame he's going to die in a ditch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which his character did in Mad Men. So, so um, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so so we did one with him and, and thought that would be it. And then suddenly Natalie Portman, whom we had never met before, reached out and said, I want to do a Between Two Ferns episode. And that's when we kind of realized, oh, I think this is a real thing that celebrities kind of like doing. Um, and then the fifth one was Bradley Cooper because there was a movie called The Hangover coming out that Zach was in. And suddenly that exploded and it just got to be a, this huge thing on the Internet that millions and millions of people watch. So why a Between Two Ferns movie? Why now? Why now? Um, We'd been wanting to do a movie. I'll tell you what, it, it wasn't one of those things where we're like, we got to exploit this IP and, you know, we, we got to make a movie because this deserves to be a movie or anything like that. We It, it honestly was just born out of fun. We did a Comedy Central special um, and... It was in New York uh, where we interviewed Tina Fey and Jon Stewart and Richard Branson, right? So we went, we flew out to New York and filmed all of those interviews, but we needed more to pad out the special. 
So we just kind of ran around the streets of New York filming stuff for fun. And we got like Tina Fey up on one of those horse driven carriages that goes around Central Park. And we just improvised a whole bunch of stuff. And then we those were are terrible. Yeah, they're yeah. awful. Yeah. <laughs> and then we like Zach would see a mailbox and say, hey, set up a camera. I'm going to go like walk down the street and accidentally bump into it and make my pants fall down. You know, and just we, we were just doing this on the streets of New York, having so much fun. And we were doing fake bloopers where, you know, Zach would sit on a toilet and we broke the toilet and, you know, made huge spray come out of it and stuff like that. And it was so much fun that we were like, if we could movies, he'd, he'd been acting in really big comedy movies at the time and they're, they can get so kind of labored um, with all the lighting you have to do to do a movie and the script being so hammered out. And we said, if we could do a movie like this where it's just fun and we could just go improvise it and there's no script and we just have a have fun doing it like the way we do the Between Two Ferns videos, which we never write or plan out. We just oh, for real, yeah. We just improvise with the person. Um, really, you yeah. don't sit down with one liners? No, I mean we. Yeah, Zach has some on his sheet of paper. Yeah, but uh, the person never sees those. Sure. Oh, I it's see all it's all mean, in yeah. the moment, and then Zach is improvising around them, right? But of course, it's, and they're never in a real order that we know we're going to put in the video. We just like give him a few jokes, and he riffs off of them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we said if we could do a movie like that, that would be a really fun way to do a movie. Um, and so that's the spirit that we tried to do the movie with. Is it's an improvised movie? It's like Spinal Tap or Waiting for Guffman, where we didn't really have a, a pre-planned script. We just wrote a, a bunch of scenes mm -hmm. uh, and not even dialogue. Just wrote like, "Hey, it would be funny if we had a scene where he did this." We shot it like a documentary, where we just went out and shot scenes, not in, in any order, not knowing what order they would go in. And then I had the task. We shot like a five-hour movie, um, and I then had to edit it together to make it make sense. That sounds uh, kind of horrible. Yeah, uh, in terms of <laughs> yeah. uh, quality of the product and the situation, or <laughs> no, that just seems like the most horrible way anybody could ever choose to work. And I know that there's a a proud comedy tradition of working in this horrible, nonsensical, uh, labor-intensive fashion. Right. Well, it was. It actually was very fun, mm -hmm. at least to start, because we we built a fake public access station uh, here in L.A. Yeah. Um, uh, built the, uh, the whole set, and then and we got a bunch of uh, people that uh, improvisers and gave them all jobs, and they they knew their jobs and they. They knew their backstories, like they sort of wrote their own backstories, and we put everyone in this office in the situation, and, and we would just set up a camera and say, "Okay, here's the situation. Uh, you know, the the plumber came and the the pipes are all leaky. Just go, you know, and 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 everyone's like upset about it." And so we just shot a whole bunch of scenes, and it was so fun. And and we were working with brilliant improvisers, and Zach is a really great improviser, obviously. And so we did two and a half weeks that way of just filming stuff and um you know zach here's your assistant and you're complaining about uh what supplies you need for an interview you know and we would shoot a half hour scene with that and it's so funny and there were so many great scenes and then so it started off great and then um 
the more we continued, the harder and harder it got. And then, and by the end, we're do, like Zach's being rained on with fake rain throughout the entire movie, and we're doing car crashes, and we're in the middle of the desert in twenty degree temperatures, and everyone is wearing short sleeves, and you know, it just it got to be really hard. And then, and then after when I was like putting it together, we then had to reshoot a bunch of stuff to make everything make sense. Yeah, that you know? has always struck me as the drawback of the right. method that you're describing. Yeah, well, I we I produced a. a television show called bajillion dollar properties that my wife created right uh, uh and and we did it like that where we just had scenes and we didn't even know what scenes would go in any episode and then we shot we would put it together in editing with holes in it with little descriptions of what we would shoot later to make it all make sense and it's a really fun way to 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 shoot at least because you don't have that stuff I shot a movie with Mr. Show, which was a sketch show that I worked on um, with Bob and David, and we did a movie, and because we had a script, we found like the budget of the, of the movie would not allow any scene to be shot more than twice. Like We could do two takes. It was so low budget. And that was it. And you have these incredible improvisers, Bob and David, who are like two of the most incredible like comedic talents, and they're, they have to stick to the script because we can only do two takes. And it was such a wasted opportunity. I just really wanted to do a movie where anything could happen. And when you watch it now, there's so much stuff in it that I couldn't have written uh, that just kind of happens in the movie. And these hilarious people are doing this incredible stuff. I think it's a real uh, case for why shooting a movie like that can work. Okay. All right. All right. You can. I convince me. you. Okay. The so next, you're going to watch it. The, the next motion picture that I make, I will make in this style. <laughs> I don't suggest it because it's a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. The first cut was three hours and that was even taking out scenes that we were like this is a hilarious scene it'll probably never get in the movie and just we had to like continually cut it down but the cool part about it is is when you watch it it feels like a very lived in environment yeah you know we're using scenes that we shot for half an hour an hour we're using it for like three seconds at a time you know so it just feels like a real documentary where stuff sure. is actually happening no I did uh, I, I had to take I had to go to Disneyland with two children this weekend which is oh that's my own personal nightmare we don't need okay. to get into that but I got uh, the screener on Friday night so I, I watched half of it and it and it is so fun as a result <clears throat> excuse me of that like I, I'm, his name is failing me one of the two dudes from Harold and Kumar yes John just, Cho yeah just pops up for like yeah. a second and delivers just a devastating line and then right. he's he's gone yeah he came and we had like four lines for him to do he did uh-huh. all four of them and that was the one that we were like okay yeah that was the the funniest take yeah um but yeah it's it it just feels like wow so much stuff is going on um it, it just but but it is very very hard to direct a movie like that yeah yeah no doubt no i don't really want to talk about the content too much because it seems like it's a lot more fun if it surprises if it people. surprises you yeah um i will say it is very enjoyable thank you the half that you saw uh, yeah i'm pretty sure you guys were going to see it through to the end I'm, i have i have faith in you when celebrities come to you or have you ever gone to a celebrity for this or did they all just keep falling in your lap no so there was a time when especially after president obama's where you know I was talking to someone, I was talking to Andy Samberg and he was like, okay, you can have anyone you want on the show now. Absolutely. You know? um, so there was a good period there where where it was really easy to get people, but um, we've had to chase almost everybody. I mean, I, I would say the people who have 
asked us to do it are like Bruce Willis really weirdly uh, just called Zach like a cold call and said, hey, I love that show. Can I do one? Um, do you uh, uh, read that as him being like, wow, he's got maybe way more of a sense of humor about himself than we realized? Or yeah. did you read it more as uh, uh, Bruce Willis is really, really weird and this is maybe just another weird <laughs> thing he does? Maybe, but yeah. I will say he we shot with him the longest out of any celebrity we've ever done because we had to set Zach on fire during it. And so we shot with him for, normally it's like a two-hour thing. We shot with him for six hours. And he was so generous and just sat there and he was like, saying to the stunt people, wow, this is cool. I've never done this particular stunt before. He's done so many stunts. He's right. like, I've never done this one where I set someone on fire. Like he was, you know, oh, that's adding right. all course, these qualifiers like that of like, this is unique to me. He was just like enjoying himself the whole time. Did he bring a harmonica and entertain you guys? Oh, all? I wish. The return of Bruno. The second return. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The return of the return. <laughs> um, but, there, but there are people who we've tried to get who just never will do it. I mean, we we were trying to land Oprah for so long. And there was a a point where we heard, okay, Oprah's going to do it. And it's going to happen this Saturday. And this is on a Thursday, right? And this is while she still had her show, right? And and the plan was she's it was go up to drive up to Montecito where she has a house, Mm -hmm. uh, which is central California. And we're going to shoot it on Saturday at her house, right? And so Zach has plans. He's leaving town on Friday. He has to cancel his plans. We have to get together and write jokes. I did this for Elton John, too, like wrote a whole bunch of jokes. And then the next day we find out, oh, by the way, they they ended up taking it to Oprah since we talked. Like she had no idea about it. And she's not going to do it. You know, so like there were constant near misses of people, mm-hmm. us hearing, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. And then people backing out at the last second. So when the Obama thing happened, the President Obama thing happened, we assumed it was another one of those. And so we didn't even take it seriously. Naturally, the they contacted time. you. They weirdly enough did. Yeah. You did not reach out to the president and request. We had be, we had been for years. OK. So we we'd been reaching out to Obama for years saying it would be really funny if he were to do this. Of and course. He, just hearing back. Haha, ha, no. Uh, and then in 2012, uh, right before the election, we heard, hey, he might do it. Um, and then instead, uh, he did a Reddit Q&A. Like, those are equitable, right? Oh, like, so but, I've checked my internet box. Yes, that's exactly what it was. We found it was like, I'm only going to do one internet thing. Yes. So he did the Reddit. do a one podcast. Yes. One internet. So he did the Reddit Q&A instead. And so we were like, okay, well, this is not happening. So a couple of years later, when we heard, hey, if if he's ever going to do it, it's going to be right now. And that was because the Affordable Care Act was coming out. And, and at the time, not enough people were signing up for it. And he well, really wanted to get the word out. They needed healthy people in the pool. <laughs> right, exactly. The word definitely reached the old and yes. infirm, but yes. that wasn't the way the be- that... Yeah, the people who really needed it yeah. definitely heard about it. Yeah, that wasn't the way that scheme was yeah. intended to work. So we heard that he would do it, but because of all these near misses, we were like, yeah, right. So I, I had some ridiculous conditions um, in retrospect, uh, in hindsight, when I think about it, um, you know, I said, I, well, I don't want this to be lame, you know, because anytime you see a politician doing an internet video, they're really, they're usually really bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're usually very planned and canned and, and, you know, you can just hear all of the speech writers having noted everything to death and they're, they're they don't feel spontaneous and they don't feel good. Yes. So, I was just like, I don't want it to be lame. So 
I want to do it like we normally do our Between Two Ferns episodes. Um, and I want to like improvise and, um, they, to their credit, we struck a really good balance. They said, look, there, there's no way that you're going to do a totally improv like you usually like to do, um, where the president has no idea what's going to be said to him, but they will improvise together. So we struck a really good balance. And then there were jokes in there that I kept saying, like, this is never going to get through. This is never going to get through. And Obama's people were like, you know what? We spend our lives redlining things and speeches that we think can't make it through just for whatever reason, you know, whatever. Uh, back then, people were very careful about the presidency. Yes, that's um, right. So they said, we don't want to do that to you. So go ahead and just we'll we'll keep your jokes in. And it, and and I even had a condition. I was filming Comedy Bang Bang, the TV show at the time. We were in the middle of the fourth season, I think. And I had a bunch of guests that week that I couldn't back out of. So like Lizzie Kaplan is on the show on Wednesday and, you know, I have all these people lined up. So I said, I, I went to my producer, my line producer, and I couldn't say why. And I'm like, Hey, I might not need to take a day off. Is there a day off I could have? And they were like, no, um, we have guests all this week. We have, you know, stuff lined up. I said, I really need to take one day off. And they said, well, Monday, there's no one booked. You can take Monday off. So I went to the the president and I said, we can only do it on Monday. <laughs> um, and they said, okay, sure. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So we, it's a very powerful moment. It was so crazy. And I couldn't tell anyone on the TV show what I was doing. I was just gone on a Monday, right? Yeah. But what about on the Between Two Ferns side? It seems like you're, I mean, it's a pretty lean operation, but still you're telling everybody else, look, this is it's my way or the highway to the president. And you guys are all SOL. Yeah. Because I got to do comedy bang, bang for IFC. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy when you think about it. But they were so nice and they worked with us. And, and even after we shot it, <laughs> Um, we shot it and, and, um, I guess they circulate everything that the president says. There's a transcriber or something like that. And it goes around to the entire white house and people read it at the end of the day, like a readout or something like that. And it's wild. So we started hearing after we shot it, as we were packing up and, and leaving the white house, we started hearing like, Oh, by the way, the staff has read the readout and the, they all think it's really, really funny. And we're like, what? And they explained the concept to us and, we're like that's so crazy, and and then we we were celebrating that night at a party, and someone from the White House comes over, and they said, "Hey guys, that was really really funny, but obviously the video can't be like that. The video's got to be, you know, like mostly about the Affordable Care Act. Um, so just you know keep that in mind when you're editing it. You know, it will probably you'll probably have to cut out all the jokes." And I was just like, "Oh shit, here's where it starts. Here's oh, no. where it becomes a lame comedy video, right? Right." And we put it together, and we were, Zach and I were like, "No, we're not going to do that." And we kept all the jokes, and the the Affordable Care Act uh, mention is at the end. It was just like, "Do you have anything to plug?" You know, and he plugs it. But we sent it to the White House, and I think they did not know that they could big time us or something. So they were just like, "Okay, thank you, great." And they didn't ask for changes, and it was just like, like who's they? I think the White House knows they can big time people. Yeah, they, but I it's think they, their deal. they don't know they can do that to Hollywood people. Like in Hollywood, everyone in Hollywood knows you can big time everyone based right. on your status. Like anytime we do one of these Ferns episodes, if we have to clear it with a person, I'll get like a ton of notes back from their manager or whatever, saying like, "Hey, cut this joke, cut this joke," and we say, "No, we're not going to." And then, mm -hmm. but they didn't realize the White House didn't realize they could do that. Oh, I see. They were playing a different ball game. Yeah. Have you ever made a 
cut at the request of somebody's representation or the celebrity themselves. Occasionally, Funny or Die will enter into, like, Funny or Die will just say to Zach and I, hey, this celebrity has agreed to do it, but they won't tell us that they've agreed to let them see it beforehand. Uh Um, And that, and I've, I've been ready to die on the hill several times where I've said, like, okay, I'm fine with it not coming out. Uh, shit can it mm-hmm. uh after it's been after, after it's, it's been, been filmed, shot if and you edited, play like that yeah, if yeah. you want to play like that great i'm i'm cool i don't give i don't give a shit if your client you know doesn't have a video coming out i don't care that you know like i want it to be funny that's i'm majorly protective over these where um i just want them to be funny videos and yeah. i don't give a shit about anything else i don't care about anyone's feelings at it you know although that's not to say we don't care about the feelings of the people involved because we will Say, hey, if the star, if we, if anything, when we're doing it, you feel like we've crossed a line, just tell us in the moment and we, we won't include it. And we've honored that. But when agents get involved later and they start saying like, hey, we think it would be funnier if this and this and this, I just say like, uh, no, we're not going to do it. And they say, we're insisting. I say, okay, it won't come out. Yeah. And that usually will make them say, all right, fine. Yeah, go ahead. And those guys, it's in their best interest to play it overly safe and to completely cover their ass even for shit that maybe isn't quite as sensitive as they're making it out to be. Yeah. But I admire your backbone. <clears throat> I hope you're not offended by me saying that you don't strike me as a guy who would dig in on stuff. You don't always seem that convincing when you've got like a backward baseball cap and sunglasses on right. acting like a badass. Right. It's uh, it's it's cool <laughs> to find out that in real life you got that. It's It's been something that has just been really important to me. I mean, even in the Comedy Bang Bang TV show, like IFC and I, we never would get into it that much. But And they were so supportive and let me do the show that I wanted to do uh, without hardly ever giving me any notes. But if there was something that was important to them, I'm not a monster and I'm like, oh, this is important to you and you've been such a great partner. Let's talk about it and let me see why this is important to you. But there's every once in a rare while where it's just some weird thing happens and you're just like, this is fucking stupid. I am, I have to dig in. And in show business, you just have to dig in occasionally and be an asshole to people in a nice way, hopefully because you're working together, but you know, you have to stand up for it because so much of comedy and so much of internet comedy, when you start operating at the level of getting, you know, huge people involved can just get so watered down immediately that I just have never wanted to do that. Yeah. There's, I don't want to mention a specific instance, but I can think of a time when a really major politician was on a show that I really, really liked. And I was like, Oh cool. Wow. So-and-so's there. And I was like, Oh boy, you guys, you guys just bent over and you know, wow. It, It would happen all the time where I would see, you know, like Hillary Clinton, for instance, when she was out there campaigning, she wanted to do one, and then I would I would look at her appearances on Letterman or whatever, and mm-hmm. she like comes out and does something in the top ten, and it's not funny, and mm-hmm. she she doesn't come off natural. And I no. think I just think to myself like, what is the point of all this? Just you're not reminding people that she's cool or anything just by being on Letterman and saying a canned thing that she has no connection to. So that's why I was like, let us just improvise it because she's probably cool in person, right? right. Let's let's and and that's and that's what we did with her. They were very cool about like never seeing any jokes and she just riffed off the top of her head and it's so much better than those terrible, you know, late night talk show appearances. Right, which which are akin to Richard Nixon saying sock it to me. Sock it to me? <laughs> you know, so he doesn't even understand right, exactly. to whom it should be socked. As a human, I will now be socked by by whatever <laughs> yes, it is that does the sock. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs>
Uh, okay, so the movie will be uh, available this weekend. By the time people hear this, Between Two Ferns, the movie on Netflix. And while people are on their Netflix checking that out, I really recommend everybody check out the Comedy Bang Bang TV show. I find that once you watch a couple, you kind of are going to be feel obliged to get through the rest. It's like comfort food, and every episode is different. You you can pop in on any episode that you want. It, there's no like real through line with them all. Even a baby can follow it. Yeah, even <laughs> your baby hey, hey, could why, not why be does, annoyed by it, apparently. Why, it's, why is my baby different from other babies? I <laughs> resent the implication. Um, thank you so much. Lovely to see you again. Thanks, Mike. Scott Ocker. Yeah, appreciate More to come it. on the Tully Show here on Faction Talk. Welcome back to the Tully Show. My next guests are Dean McDermott and Nikki Paris, who, along with our old and mysteriously MIA friend Adam Hunter, host the new Daddy Issues podcast. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hey. Nice of, nice of Adam to not be here today. Where are you? Adam's Where? with Amelia Earhart right now. Where is Adam? They're on an island. Bermuda Triangle. You know what? I got I to gotta give props to Adam. Yeah. Adam, he just came off of doing comedy on a cruise ship, and it's a tough grind. And his wife and his little baby were missing him really, really big time. Mm-hmm. So he was like, guys, this is big. I know I got. I just got to go be with my wife, okay. with my kid, Michael. Mm-hmm. We hope you don't take it personally. It's nothing personal. It's just he's he's yeah. you know. I'm sure he was so busy with that that he couldn't even text me since we have each other's <laughs> phone numbers and know each other. Okay, so I can't. Yeah, I can't. I he's can't. probably burping Violet right now. Yeah. Well, he's a Adam. Um, if you're listening, we love you. We love you, and please text. Come on. Yeah. That's or sex. That's lousy. He's a first time dad, so he is yes. overwhelmed by one. Single child, he yeah. is, he which is. is comical to you, Dean. Oh my god, I want to completely punch, understandable wanna, to you, Nikki. Yeah. I want to punch him in the face. Uh. Like I want to punch anybody in the face who has two kids and like, oh, I can't deal with it. I can't. Oh no, do no, no, it. no. See, like, I have two children and I'm overwhelmed. I'm making fun of the one children parents. Yeah, see, like I would punch you in the face if you okay. were close. I just can't. <laughs> I can't reach that far. Okay, we're working out the pecking order in the room here. I had a feeling I was not the well, alpha. Well, Dean has six kids down. and he also has llamas and cats and I, dogs and basically a petting zoo. He's basically the next Noah's Ark. I don't have the petting zoo anymore. He did. We had like, in, we lived in Encino mm-hmm. and we had two pygmy goats, a pig, who Hank, who grew to be 300 pounds. He was supposed to be a teacup pig. He grew to be 300 pounds. We had 12 chickens, eight dogs, three bearded dragons, a snake, and I think a spider somewhere in there. I don't know. I'm sure there's a few. Did you ultimately eat any of those? I wanted to harvest. Hank. I wanted to harvest the chickens. medicine tomato. I wanted. Well, I ate the eggs. We ate the eggs from the chickens. are fantastic. Sure. But I did. I was like, we have 12 of these. Like, can mm-hmm. I harvest one mm-hmm. just because like, it's the best? And my wife wouldn't go for it. Instead, the coyotes ate them all. So the coyotes had fresh chicken, not me. This is your your wife, Tori Spelling. Is Tori Spelling, your wife. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, if you haven't heard the word, do you eat chickens? Does she eat chickens? She does. She does. What, what's up with that? How can you? How can you <laughs> reconcile yourself to these are God's precious, best, snuggly friends of mine? They will. They they must live out their natural life. Meanwhile, oh, if you're going to Ch- if you're going to Chick Fil A, grab me something. Yeah, because it's Chick Fil A. It's all presented nicely uh-huh. and deep fried in a nice bun with toppings and stuff. You don't have to see the face. You don't have to see the little face and I never bond for that. When's I the was... last time? When's the last time you bonded with a chicken sandwich? Never. Last right? night. Oh. Well, on okay, well, that's you. That's you. If you get high enough. Yeah. I've always wanted to murder a chicken. <laughs> yeah. So have I. Is that weird? But you have I the chance. I think it's a Can, guy thing. Let's get thing. some more. Get some more. Is it? 
I don't know. Well, we're you I'll know, come up, well, let's do it together. We're hunter gatherers. Right? To me, I just always wanted to. I didn't want to be a hypocrite because you have these people, and it sounds like your wife is one of them. But there's several hundred. <laughs> there's several hundred million others of her yeah. ilk in this country where they love eating animals, but they don't want to be reminded that they're eating animals. Right. You know, and, that and, looks okay. like a you yeah. know that's that's a squeamish part, or I don't want to see the face, or I can't deal with the whole fish, and yeah. it's not practical for me to murder all of my food. But I felt like as a city slicker, it would go a long way if I did it one time. Yeah, just and to have confronted I, that. I agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. I when um, let's go murder some animals. When Liam was, <laughs> when Liam, he's twelve now. When he was six, and um, Jack, I think was 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 twelve, and Stella was five. I took them. I um, I bought a quarter of a cow, but I went to pick it up at the place where they slaughtered it and butchered it, and I wanted them to see where their meat comes from. So they get a real appreciation for this animal gave its life so you could eat. So, you know, it cut back on waste because, you know, kids waste a lot. Mm-hmm. And I wanted them to be respectful of the food that comes across their plate and to, you know, <laughs> uh, to honor it. I think that's you know, beautiful. Because something gave its life for you so you could eat it. So I want and don't waste it mm-hmm. and don't take it for granted. What, I, what I quarter, appreciate what that. What quarter did you get? Um, I think I got a hind quarter. Yeah, best meats in the room. Yep. Can I tell you? I yep. don't eat. I can't eat chicken on the bone. I don't like dark. I like. <laughs> I like my chicken in a tender with like a Happy Meal toy. That's like the only way. Like I'm comfortable eating chicken. If it's on the bone, it skeeves me. You're also an Olive Garden Italian. How dare you? Okay, the tour <laughs> of Italy is a delicious trifecta of Italian cuisine. Are you Dean. an Italian American who eats endless breadsticks? Yes, I I am. And I think the salad dressing is incredible. They sell it now. Did you come from people without culture or did you, <laughs> do you just aggressively reject it? Um, all right. I used to be really – yeah, I'm very Italian. Like my grandma's always – No, you're like, not. Yes, I am. I am. I used to get hit with the wooden spoon. Like I, I earned my stripes. Not hard enough. No, no, I used to get – Was the, it in the face a lot? Oh, I used to get literally like the crap kicked out of me with the wooden spoon. But I'm just an emotional eater. And I'm one of those people I'm the worst. I guess I guess I don't have culture. Mm. I love the like a good Applebee's or like a good That's Red a Robin. Non-sequitur. No, it's I'm just saying in general, like I'll look at the <laughs> Applebee's, Michael. All right, I didn't know I was sitting down with Giada today. I like I just like good food. But yeah, chicken on the bone, it's a no for me. When are you gonna start talking about good I food? Know. <laughs> I can't grab all I the, bought up Applebee's. Can't grab all the low hanging fruit. Feel free to interject. Yeah. You know what? Olive Garden, they sent us um a card that would give us it was a black card. It was really cool. And that we could have like all you could eat pasta for the month of November. What? And they sent us like four big bottles of the dressing because we went and because we love Olive Garden. The kids love it. We love it. And we See, posted, Michael, I'm not alone. We posted. Yeah, but I'm a munch of cake. I'm a munch of cake. I can eat the Olive Garden. <laughs> you can. Whatever. So they sent us all these. They sent us this card and they sent us the dressing. It was, it was nice, you know. Yeah, I want to. I'll pull up on a fake gondola too. I don't care. <laughs> what do I care? So, how do you three all know each other? Craigslist. Knowing Adam, anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Tinder. I mean, but... if you guys hang out at the Dime Bar, it might as well be. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so I host Adam's show um, every Tuesday, eight PM at the Dime, mm-hmm. and um, Adam mm-hmm. and Dean are friends through Russell Peters, mm-hmm. and Dean is new to stand up, so mm-hmm. I host the show, and that's how we met. And it was like when Peter, Paul, and Mary all met each other. It was like a dynamic. That historic day that we've yeah. all heard we've, of. We all yes. know. So many that, times. that old chestnut. Yeah. yeah. We <laughs> shall overcome. So um, you decided to do a Daddy Issues podcast, which makes sense for two out of the three of you. Nikki, were you just like, 
I'm here too. Well, well daddy, Michael, Daddy, uh, Daddy, I called you Daddy. Yeah, oh, save that for later. <laughs> Calling Doctor Freud. Nikki still needs a daddy. So yeah, that's where he fits in. Oh, um, and did you just hear I'm like an adult cat? Clearly, <laughs> like I'm 26. I don't know how to change a tire. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. I don't even know how to do my own taxes till this year. So I'm like. I need a lot of help, so that's what I bring to the table. And I think that whether you're a parent or you're a child, we all have a parent. <coughs> so every week we just come to the show and we have like an uninhibited chat about whatever's hitting us and whatever's bothering us every week. Do yeah. you get to the daddy issues eventually? I listened to uh, about 45 minutes of the last episode that was just the three of you without a guest. Right. And I, I heard Adam kept trying to introduce the topic for the day, and then you guys would just be like, well, I know a really great mover if you're moving. you got to use this guy. <laughs> you do eventually get to Jim, daddy topics. Jim the mover. We do. We yeah. do. You know, it, it's very, very free-flowing, free-form. Yeah. Um, you know, we really don't have any kind of set topics we want to talk about. Sometimes we'll come in there, you know, full-on, like, you know, I've had a daddy issue. I want to talk about school or the first week of school or, you know, Adam's got a problem with the baby sleeping. And we'll we'll touch on daddy stuff. Mm -hmm. But pretty much we just go in and we just talk about whatever's on our mind. And if we have a guest, we just talk about whatever the guest wants to talk about. Yeah. um, And and just have fun doing it. Yeah, and in some capacity, we all have daddy issues. Yeah, any issue could be a daddy issue. Anything and everything we talk about. It's about who you point the finger at. It's who you point the finger at. Okay, what would you say are your biggest daddy issues, Nikki? Um, my dad always uh, wanted me, well, my parents really wanted me to be like really butch, like mm-hmm. Chaz Bono. Um, <laughs> and I was more of just like a You're performer. on your way. Yeah. You just wait till I grow look, my facial you hair. You look like a young Chaz Bono. Thank you so much. My dick is made of Teflon. <laughs> and um, so a lot of things like my dad didn't really teach me. Like my dad never taught me how to shave. Mm. So I liked, look, these me guys too. are like my older brothers. Me too. I never. Really? Yeah, no, I I learned a lot of uh, to be a man on my own because my dad wasn't around. My dad was an alcoholic and he wasn't around, and it was just me and my mom. So all that kind of stuff, I man stuff, I learned on my own. I didn't. He didn't teach me how to shave. You seem to have come out fairly manly. Not bad. Like, not notwithstanding. Not bad. <laughs> maybe your Canadianness overcame <laughs> the lack of a I strong guess, masculinity. Yeah, maybe that's it's a Canadian thing. You just get out in the woods and shave, yeah, right? With and the smell of maple syrup. You shave with a beaver. Yeah. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Or Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> Does he even shave? Yes, he has facial hair now. He has three little know. sprouts on his chin. Oh, he's got this mustache it's coming in just great. Yeah. Give him a couple of years, mm-hmm. he'll be. Um, what uh, What is the most recent daddy issue that you had that you brought to the table? You have six. kids? I have six kids. Yeah. Um, one of the most recent daddy issues, uh, which which was which was a big one, was bullying on social media. Okay. You know, okay, I find um, this compelling because this is an evolving subject. It's yeah. different. It's way different now than it was when we were all kids, even when you were a kid, I think, Nikki. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, it didn't exist. I mean, but bullying existed in a different way. You know, yeah. you'd show up on the schoolyard and you get bullied and you'd get beat up until you finally like, had enough and then you beat up the bully. Yeah, there were bullies. They were, they were their effective life. It was like there's snow, there's summer break, and there's that fat asshole who's right. kicking everybody's ass. Yeah. Life will, we will all pass him by by the time we're like juniors yeah. in high school, but for yeah. now, he rules the roost. He rules the roost, absolutely. Yeah. So now it's just it's just kind of it, and now it's global, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, somebody made a comment about my son uh, uh, being obese, and he you know he read about it, and it, he he asked me about it, and it was really I mean I was furious, like I was ready to just kill everybody, mm-hmm. um, because you know you don't don't mess with my kid. Like you can say anything you want about me, but don't mess with my children. Is this like a peer-to-peer thing, like a kid in school saying No, no, this was some troll. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, just, you know, uh, saw a picture of our kids and like, oh, your kids are overweight and your oldest is obese. And I was like, that's not cool. 
No, of course not. That's not cool. Think no, about let's go kick some th- ass. Think what? Yeah, and exactly. fuck that chicken. Let's go beat up that guy. Well, that's what I used to do. I'd be like, hey, you know what? I'll meet you anywhere, mm-hmm. any place. Come and say that to my face, and then they, you know, they would go away. But um, so that was the that was the biggest topic, biggest daddy issue, and 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 how I dealt with it was, I was like, look, okay, buddy, one, you're not obese, mm-hmm. um, and two, you have to think about how, what a horrible life that person must have if they're going to log onto their account find my account or your mom's account and then find this picture, observe the picture and then write a comment about it. Like that's a lot of wasted negative time, you know? And I say to those people, go and find someone you like and tell them how great they are. Don't waste your time with me telling me or how much you hate me or my wife or you telling me my kids are obese. Go, go and do something positive. So I said, just send that person some love and think about how brutal their life is that they have to do this i feel like you and tori obviously no i don't want to say anybody talking about either of you but like your children are like a whole nother level of like a line that you shouldn't cross oh, absolutely absolutely and i think that goes with anybody's kid like you just do not cry yeah. celebrity or not like you just don't go after people's kids that's just bad right but unfortunately it's just too easy for people to sit on their toilet and 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 do it like there's right. nothing stopping you from doing that right it's so not it's not impossible to imagine a world where it's just a crime to insult strange children right. on the internet there's all sorts of things that i'm like is this a crazy thing i have an idea what if we made that a crime You're like well the internet the internet can't be controlled like you know the whole idea that children can go on the internet and put in the wildest sex thing possible and immediately find an endless lifetime supply of porn on that very subject. Now, I don't know all the details, but I'm pretty sure in the UK they passed a law where you need to provide some sort of like online ID. Identification. And it's a right. legit, you can't just go, yes, I am 18, I am click 18. the box. That's it's an easy. actual thing. And as a result, kids are still going to find porn. Of course they are. But I have to think it's a whole hell of a lot harder there than it will be here and i'm like well why don't we do the same thing here well you know you can't control the internet we've just with with trying nothing we're waving the white flag and my kid where like i jerked off to i literally had recordings on vhs tape of scrambled playboy channel right (laughs) of i had the part where i thought there was a boob and right. that did for me for months, if not years. Yeah. And to know I that had, my kid I had immediately the, the Sears catalog. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. The Sears catalog was awesome. The 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 uh, the maternity section too, when the the boobs are a little more juicy. Wow. Yeah. You you were you were tweaked from the jump, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. I mean, I was looking, and sometimes I'm like, oh, do I see pubic hair? I see pubic hair. Like that was. Yeah. Yeah. I tried going back there recently. It doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. No. Really? I've apparently, apparently, I've officially, to, I've lost my innocence. I'm gonna have to. Try. I found a, a circular who's, of who's, some sort. Who's the comedian who talks about jerking off? He's like, do you ever like take a thought bubble <laughs> and jerk off to a thought bubble? Like you used to have to use your imagination. Yeah. Instead of now you just type in whatever and just mm-hmm. like, it's there. But it's like it's nice to kind of go back and pull out a thought bubble or someone you saw on the subway. Yeah. Well, Old let school. me just say that I I was when I when internet porn like first started. I was in sixth grade. And so I was still young enough to not be smart enough to clear my footsteps. And I was dumb <laughs> enough to look at porn on the living room computer. Ooh. And, and my who mom, found it? Mom? My mom. Dawn? She found, Dawn my found mom, it. My Italian mother, Dawn, found gay porn. And she was in denial. She was like, I don't want to believe it. 
She was, I'm sure he's just curious. And look at me now. And look at you. Yeah, very curious. And all, your <laughs> all your flaming, your flaming glory. Look at you. That's right. All the way. Clear through. your history if you're young. <laughs> if you're watching your porn, history. learn from my mistakes. See, I came up with some parenting questions that I wanted to run past you. I thought we could ask uh, Nikki first, and then we could laugh at his oh, answer. Yes. Okay. Awesome. And uh, that actually touches on one that I uh, am curious about. You know, asking for a friend now that my son is uh, seven and a half, and I have a little baby daughter. Am I an idiot for thinking that I can successfully devise a system whereby I hide my porn bookmarks from my child for the duration of his adolescence? Is that crazy for me to think that I can keep porn bookmarks on my computer and that I can do it in such a way that he's not going to find them or our kids inevitably going to find everything because they're smarter than us? I think they'll look through the bookmarks. What I do recommend you do Mm -hmm. is store the links in a Word document and hide the Word document somewhere else. And that way they can't click it through the bookmarks. And that way way you just have a Word document of the porn links. Not that I've done this. See, I didn't. This is all new to me. I was just like, and that way you could hide the word file. Mm-hmm. I should be like a Nancy Juror on NCIS. See, somebody's got to make this podcast. Here's what you. I don't know if you guys are equipped to do this. Somebody's got to make the outsmarting your children, outsmarting you podcast because it's an ever evolving thing. Like right. you know, there's shit where like kids can. This is a real thing. Kids can hear a tone that we can't. The adults can't hear. Really, I didn't it's know like that. A, it's like a dog whistle thing. When you're young, you have the ability. The spectrum of what you can hear is higher, and as you, it's very natural. You don't have to be that old. When you become an adult, you lose that. And kids had a thing where they would get um, text notifications that were that high, that high, so they could literally be texting each other in class, and their teacher was wouldn't hear, incapable it. of hearing it. Wow, that's crazy. Assuming I didn't just imagine that, I think that that is true. But That's I would listen to crazy. a podcast where somebody would constantly tell me, you know what your kid just figured out last week? Even if it's not true, you really sold it. So right? you should run for president. Yeah, it would be amazing. I, I totally believe it. Look at it. I'm, st- I'm like, amazing I know. Stumped. if it was true. Yeah. Run okay. for office. I'm just using a different browser that's like yeah. a shitty old school browser. No, I, I, I figured think... my kid wouldn't go into Internet Explorer, but Word document. My Word kid's docu- going to hate words. Isn't that smart? And then yeah. you could hide the Word file, save the file somewhere else. And okay, then you have all now, the links stored there. When you clear your history, there's no way that they can pull it up some other way. Right. Like, you know, like everything's stored to your hard drive yeah. and like, you know, as long as you people. clear your cookies and your cash. But the the links to the porn I feel like will you live just on use at least documents. one term that may have been new to Dean. Was it computer or Internet? Cash or cache? I say cache. Oh, I guess I'm just more I'm, butch than you. I'm <laughs> Lights, Capri. He's a pretty fancy masturbator. <laughs> he does with his pinky out. Um, what do I do if Over my... the top pinky out. What do I do if and when my kid finds my drugs? Nikki? Let's just say I have a small supply of many things. You have to explain. Like, what type of... Like, give me an example. Because I think there's a difference between finding pot and finding, like... like heroin. Heroin and cocaine. What are you doing, Michael? Let's just say... You, Do we I, need an intervention? Do we need to talk? Is let's that why we're say, here? Are have, you reaching out for help right now? I'm just like... <laughs> let's just say I'm enjoying a, a, a casual, responsible, adult-swinging weekend lifestyle. So who knows what okay, I've got. So I might have he's, a tab of good, this. I might have... have some some red wine. He's going to want you know chase that with a couple of Vicodin. Maybe smoke a little weed. Right. And then top it off with some Molly. Half a tab. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just rolling with the wife watching Netflix. What was your question? (laughs) (laughs) Am I an idiot for thinking I can keep those drugs where my kid won't find them? I mean, mean, it depends how well you're hiding them. Mm -hmm. The question's on you. Can it be done? Yeah. What do I do when they find my drugs? Because I think you're wrong. Um, Apologize. Why? I would be very disappointed if I found my house, out my, my drugs. Doing drugs. Really? Yes. I would judge. I would use that against. I'm a spiteful Italian. Uh-huh. I would use that against my mother. And I said, "Really? You're going to judge me for cutting school? Didn't you do drugs this weekend? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't let them find out because they'll use it against you." I finished school. 
when you finish school, you can. Doesn't matter. Also but I, take I would, Molly with I your would, mother. I would question that. Uh, I would use that against my parents. So I found that out. In in this day and age, I think that if the kids find your drugs, mm-hmm. they already know what they are. Yeah, they're gonna. Oh, so, you know, that's Molly. Oh, there's a Vicodin. Yeah, and whatever. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's <laughs> weed. Takes, whatever. Dad but... takes hydrocodone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rookie. <laughs> I just think they're gonna know what it is already. Uh-huh. So, um, I think you you know explain it to them that you know. Once in a while, adults do this. It's a very adult thing mm-hmm. that, you know, we've gotten to a certain age. Just like you're 21, you can drink. And we've gotten to an age where we can we can try these things and we don't recommend it, you know. Um, if you're caught. Yeah. You I would know, just like anything. Do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. But they're going to try it. Right. They're going to do it. Like, you know, my 21-year-old. He'll be 21 on October 6th. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's tried everything. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. He and wouldn't tell you. Wouldn't have that conversation with him. I had, try to have that conversation with him, and I get out as much as I can. And he's cop to weed, and he's cop to you know drinking, but he hasn't cop to pills or you know who knows. It? I don't know. Maybe he did a line. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you know, I want to keep that door open. Um, I was going to ask you the pretty much the same question about freaky sex toys, but that'll have to wait for next time because I have to let you go. Thank you guys for coming by. Those of Pleasure. you who did, thanks for having us. Thanks, Adam. Uh, Thanks for having us. Yeah, the Daddy Issues podcast is very fun. Congratulations Thank on you all much. of the attention you're already getting for it and all the attention you're sure to continue to get. Take care, guys. All right, thanks. 